0: Hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host, Daniel. Good to see you today. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you? Doing well, thank good, you. Good, I want to talk about uh, Iraq uh, liberation, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the act that was going to free up Iraq. Because just a couple of days ago, it was an anniversary. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had an anniversary. Anniversaries, I always think in positive sense. Yeah. It's a, I don't know what you should call it when you're having a date due and it uh, it marks the date when something started, or or finished, or whatever. But anyway, um, a few weeks ago, it was the fact that uh, they were recognizing that. Uh, We had been in Afghanistan for 20 years, and we brought the troops home, supposedly. A few didn't make it. It was chaotic. It was a mess. The best way to have prevented that absolutely was never have gone. Save a lot of lives and a lot of money. But anyway, that that was the day. But people got upset, and and the hawks come out. Uh, sort of, uh, you, you know, like uh, there's still people hawking about Vietnam. Yeah. You know, they never give up. You've got to have total victory, uh, even if the cause is uh, very questionable. Anyway, uh, on the, uh, on March 19th uh, was the date, was uh, 19 years. Yeah. Not quite 20, but I'm sure they'll make it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, that not only will, will they make it, I think... Uh, so, Afghanistan's going to break their own record. Yeah. Because... We still have troops around there. It means that uh, that we're in charge. It's still part of the empire, but I guess what we talk about a lot now is the witnessing of the weakening of the empire. You know, at least theoretically and philosophically, but actually too, because there's a, going to be a time when uh, uh, America is just going to be ignored on all this, and it's going to be when uh, the people challenge the dollars even more so. A lot of people ask me, "When's that going to be?" I say, Well, you'll know it's coming when uh, you go to the store and you say, my goodness, bread is twice as expensive as it was before. And then they'll know it is now. And then the average person in the street knows what's happened. So the challenge we have and others who believe this way is to get people to understand that it's not a lack of government. Because most of them would conclude, well, the prices are, up. what are you going to do? What did they do when there was a COVID? And they spent trillions of dollars. You know, Republicans and Democrats yeah. couldn't couldn't print the money fast enough because they could just do it with a computer. But anyway, um, as you recall, although this was before you uh, worked with me, in 1998, yeah. you know, we had a thing called the Iraq Liberation Act. Yeah. We had these various things. And so my antennas <laughs> always went up because uh, I had sort of a, a rule that you probably have heard about being in the office that... You don't have to study my, the bills that we're going to challenge too much. Just look at the title and then conclude that what they're doing is exactly the opposite. The opposite. You know, the, the Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. That was sure a patriotic, patriotic act. But anyway, that was a bill that uh, I uh, got very determined about it because I really thought it was setting the stage. But it didn't happen quickly 1998, uh, but uh, n- nothing happened. Uh, really, literally, until uh, you know, 19 years ago in 2003. Yeah. You know, uh, but so it took, took conditioning. It took a while to get people riled up, and we had to, uh, you know, formulate the war on terrorism. And besides, we had to take care of uh, those Afghans. They're the ones who are really guilty of this. And, uh, and lo and behold, in all that event, in all that time, it was barely mentioned that 15 out of the 19 were Saudis. Yeah. You know, and uh, even now the Saudis are in our face, and and nobody says, you know, where, weren't you guys in charge of all this? Where did where did you come from? Oh yes, they they, they visit out of our country too. Now now they were pretending very remotely. One individual passed through uh, Iraq, and therefore Saddam Hussein was a guilty party yeah. so it went on and on and uh th- this was a big date i, I just want to tell you where i was <laughs> on this date yeah. <laughs> because, and then we'll talk about how sad this whole story is um i did go to uh the luncheons which were republican to uh listen you know what are they conspiring to do because it was a it was a democratic delegation at that time it was a significant compared to when i first went there there were only four of us but it was a significant delegation and they had people in leadership and and the news came in as the luncheon was started and one of the leaders uh, uh, of the uh, of the republican party came in ecstatic ecstatic about shock and awe has come you know and they thought it was the it was you know like the greatest event and i um i may i may well have just walked out of the room because i couldn't take that stuff but that that was that was when it started and it lasted a long time and we'll probably mention a few things a lot of people died a lot of money was spent And guess what Uh, we still have troops there and uh, there's still a disequilibrium but uh, it's uh, the whole mess the whole establishment of our uh, empire is uh, unstable and the dollar is less secure uh, in its position of reserve currency of the world so this is just one of the stories in the middle of the uh, not the rise of the
1: empire but probably the decline of the empire Well, it it did start 19 years ago, just a few days back. But it actually started before that because it started with a cascade of lies. And those lies kept flowing and flowing and flowing. Iraq has WMDs. It's gonna send drones over and shoot New York. If you don't want to go to war with them, then you don't care about New York. Uh, The war will pay for itself, don't worry about it. They will greet us as liberators, on and on. And every time you try to question the lie, you are labeled, as David Frum wrote at the time, unpatriotic conservatives we were not patriotic because we didn't want to go to war that was based on a bunch of lies in every war is based on a bunch of lies Uh, we're seeing it even now uh, with Russia and Ukraine lies on top of lies but let's refresh what happened nineteen years ago and how it was celebrated in the US put on this first one here's Newsweek famous cover shock and (coughs) awe what you see in the background is Baghdad a major world capital up in flames from thousands of bombs being dropped in the middle of a metropolis. Look at the next one. At the next clip too, this is another iconic photo. This is Baghdad, a city of 5.4 million people hit with these bombs, to the shock and awe. Interestingly, by contrast, Dr. Paul, there's a lot of talk about Kiev right now and fighting going on in Kiev. Kiev has half the population as Baghdad did at that time in 2002. So we're talking about a city with twice as many civilian population being absolutely incinerated by these bombs. And as you say, Americans standing up and cheering. This is great. We're liberating them. Yeah. It was immediate. People died from this. And uh,
0: yet they had other strategy that they dealt with. There is a lot of history in Iraq, you know, and Baghdad. The, the, and and uh, yet the historic things were either stolen, many of them, and, yeah. and, and and damaged and destroyed. So that to me was just sad to think that this is a remnant. Was, and I'm fascinated with ancient history. And yet they, they, they could care less. But on this go around, because in the Persian Gulf War, they, were, uh, they burnt the oil, but they worked very hard to protect the oil, yeah. they wanted to make sure that they could preserve as much oil as possible but uh it it uh, was was something that uh you know uh, my big argument at that time as it was leading up to the war is probably an issue i gave more little and big speeches than anything else because i i thought it was so significant and uh tried to make the point that the event is significant because it's dangerous and a lot of people are going to die but the other one was the process, the process, the process, uh, and going back all the way back to the Korean War, because a lot of that stuff was vivid in my memory, and uh, and and we changed changed our tune as we became the uh, uh, empire uh, of the world, and uh, so. We didn't declare war. So there was no declaration of war, <clears throat> although I had him vote on it. Yeah. And nobody support declaration. No, we don't want to we, we don't want to hamstring the president. He should have freedom to do what he wants. You know, yeah. that was that attitude. It's a pretty sad story. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Well, let's put on that next clip because this is kind of what, what Well, two things sparked our interest. One is the anniversary and the other is this. And this comes via antiwar.com. But this is a piece in the Military Times. U.S. troops will likely be in Iraq for years to come, Central Command Boss says. So we were there, we had a couple year break, but then ISIS emerged. How did ISIS emerge? Well, because of the U.S. destruction of the region, ISIS emerged uh, as a sort of a sectarian fighting force against the Shia, who were the real winners of the Iraq war, as we, you've commented on many times. So there was a short period, and now we're back, we've got 2,500 troops in there, the uh, Iraqi Parliament, which is supposedly a democracy, they voted for us to leave. We said no, we'll we'll stay. We're okay, and so we'll stay there. And so now we see uh, the uh, Central Command, command, commander of the Central Command, saying we're going to stay there, you know, as long as necessary. It's going to be years. We're in a training mission. Well, we trained the Afghan army, and that didn't work out that well for anyone except the military-industrial complex, right? They made a good portion on it.
0: Well, it took them time. I remember that, uh, you you know, it was a tedious thing, a lot of meetings, a lot of talking, but it was propaganda. The propaganda was a big thing because initially the polls would show that Americans don't want to go over there. They don't even know where it is. Why should their kids go over there and die in some war? And they had a, a good attitude. But uh, once once they pump this uh, super patriotism, uh, then if if you don't agree and, you know, it happened with the uh, COVID, too. Yeah, if, yeah. if you didn't go along with that, you were unpatriotic and a nasty person, yeah. let babies die and all that. And now we're coming out with information that the policies actually caused uh, caused more of that. But uh, it did it did lead to to a, a war and. Uh, and, of course, there's instability there still. But uh, I was looking around for some figures on uh, how much money was spent. And that's not easy because there's so many different departments. And, yeah. You know, there domestic spending, going to the war effort and all. But uh, it's admitted that it would be well over $2 trillion fought. Uh, spent fighting the war in Iraq Uh and and that could be argued because statistics are used uh, you know for a benefit to enhance the state and that's been known for a long time always reports statistics that are unreliable that we're still you know even though we talked about this for years now several years about the reports that we got on COVID. yeah in the same way here now we're getting uh oh yeah we made a mistake there but also uh this amount of money was spent but by that time all that uh, preparation they made uh, it was a war against uh, terror of course nobody nobody could explain exactly how do you define terrorism? You know, this sort of thing. But everybody was against it, so everybody had to vote for it, Republicans and Democrats, essentially. But that they did that. Uh And and there was over eight trillion dollars spent on that. Well, that that sounds like about ten trillion dollars. That's enough to take care of a few sick people. Yeah, you know. And of course, my my beef would be that all that money should have been left in the hands of the pockets of the people trying to earn a living, and uh, not monetize this debt and and pass on the bill to the. To the average person and the poor people by higher prices, which is what happened. But that—that is—that a lot of a lot of uh, people died and a lot of money spent, and uh, and the culprit—they—they they can't do this without a facilitator. And of course, the facilitator is the is the is the is the, is the unit uh, uh, the the outfit that I complain about the most. The facilitator is is the. Uh, is the federal reserve. Yeah. They they're, they're a taxing authority, you know, that they, they commit and that's how how they tax and they regulate and they have all kinds of excuses part and probably the head of the deep state. Yeah. You know, they 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 they, they couldn't have happened otherwise. So the wars and um, and I imagine another chief component of, of who pr- promoted all this behind the scenes would be the military
1: industrial complex. Oh combat. yeah, they made out well. Well, you know, I had only been on your staff for a few months when this whole thing came down. And as I say, the propaganda preceded the war, of course. And it was really, a talk about baptism by fire, because we were so universally ridiculed, so hammered by the propaganda, what horrible people. The media was relentless. People don't remember that. But, you know, a lot of the same people, when we talk about war propaganda, is it really sets the battleground for war. Remember how endlessly they were demonizing Saddam. And if you said, hang on a minute, you know, this is leading to war talk. Oh, you must love Saddam. Well, you know, those same people that fell for that garbage, who demonized him. Now they're doing the same thing now about Putin. They're both probably bad guys. But what's important is that how the propaganda works. It pushes toward war. Now, against little Baghdad is one thing. Little Iraq is one thing. But now we're looking at a bigger war. But let's talk a little bit about deaths, because there's a lot of talk about deaths. And right now, there is a war going on where a lot of people are dying. And it's very, very <laughs> terrible. But here is, um, this is something from the Iraq body count. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Put on that next clip, if you can. This is from the Iraq body count, uh, which is one of the most reliable sources. Following the six-week shock and invasion phase, May, March 19th to May 1st, 2003, which alone caused the deaths of some 7,400 civilians. And then it goes on, and then from the evasion to the present, at least 110,000 civilians have been wounded, 38,000 of them in year four. And I look at the next one, this is uh, this is from The Guardian, and this is back in two eight, 2008, the Iraq war five years on, you know, <laughs> Jonathan Steele, who's, who's still ri- around, not writing for The Guardian, but very good. But he points out in 2008, what's the real death toll in Iraq? Uh, and then the headliner says, The Americans learned one lesson from Vietnam, don't count the civilian dead. As a result, no one knows how many Iraqis have been killed in the five years, only the five years since the invasion. Estimates put the toll at between 100,000 and a million people. That's uh, an incredible, incredible no. death count.
0: And what you're doing is you're explaining a problem with statistics, at which is commonplace. And uh, those are exactly the figures I came up with because I was thinking, oh, okay, they'll know. This yeah. is the answer. We'll, we'll, we'll Google this, and this will come up and give us the answer. But what I, what I came up with uh, was a very much what we were saying. But it was between 190,000 people were killed and 900,000, wow. which is like a million people. Yeah. But but the big thing is, is is they don't know, exactly. And uh, be- because uh, there was one article I read where it showed that uh, the people who died from the after effects, not in battle, just the after effects, was greater than the people who died in battle. Yeah. You know, illnesses and who, whatnot. That, yeah, that makes sense. But there was, there was one other thing that I want to emphasize that d- doesn't get talked about uh, uh, too, too often. And that has to do with uh, what they call human costs. Because uh, it's uh, it might be what has it done to the families? How many uh, how many divorces occurred? And yeah. with this being a major part of the problem, this yeah. sort of thing, and how many people you know lost limbs and uh, were uh, you know uh, suffering from that for th- decades? You yeah. know, and uh, they sort of get lost in that. They, nobody yeah. has any idea how to, to measure that. And then there's it's hard to measure right now what's going on uh, with Ukraine, the refugees, the people who yeah. who leave or leave. You know, I always argue and I believe that the type of government you have uh, generally has to be endorsed by the people. When they get sick and tired of it, like they have on COVID, you know, yeah. people speak out. But uh, they, um, they they uh, uh, the, the refugees are. Uh, You know are numerous and they don't they didn't they personally didn't Declare the war themselves. They probably didn't want the war uh, But it was uh, something that no matter what side is I think the average person doesn't want the war like I make fun of the whole thing You know the young people fight the wars. I said yeah, what do they do the young people in one country? and a goes to country b <clears throat> and they have a meeting with yeah. the young people let's have a war this sounds like lots of fun yeah you know yeah. it's ridiculous but uh, famine occurs with with wars oh, and yeah. uh, poverty and this injuries that last forever uh, it, it's a a, a a major event that i don't see how they could ever calculate all yeah. that in there so that's why uh people should be very, very cautious about the government. They tolerate and understand that
1: uh, freedom is a much better situation yeah. to live under. The psychological impact too, people have mental illness their whole lives That's after true. this. We saw uh, that narcotics. with COVID. Yeah, 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 terrible. Well, let's move on to another story and you hinted at it early, if you're ready, you still, are you ready to move on? Um, you hinted at it earlier and it's, you know, this, it's kind of, you know, obviously this, this the current war takes up so much of our attention You kind of roll your eyes, but this is still important stuff. And if you are conspiratorial-minded, you'd start wondering if maybe all this hubbub around the uh, Ukraine situation is not to cover up some of these things that are leaking out about COVID. Put up that next clip. This is from Reuters. CDC reports fewer COVID-19 pediatric deaths after data correction.
0: Yeah, that's right. Always manipulating the corrections. And I remember many years ago... It was a Canadian doctor uh, that came down and settled. And he, he wasn't with me on the politics, but he one time, he had a friend that worked in the government. And it was back there in the 70s, so there was inflation and all. And his, he had a friend that was working in the government, and the friend's job was to go back and manipulate the statistics. <laughs> it, it was right, right up front. So he, he uh, told me that, so he knew there was a problem, but that didn't get him converted to try to figure out what the money system was all about. But, but the guy's job was literally that. <laughs> so, but uh, that's, that is um, pr- pretty bad, and uh, th- this article here that I have, it says, blames a coding error you know, it's just the way they code. Yeah. Uh, this and that's why why they that, that they made mistakes. But that, that is a, such a sad story that uh, uh, we have to deal with this. Uh, and then then it, it's disgusting that uh, people will come along and then incessantly the propaganda is to it's it's sort of like uh, how they were able to take uh, Russia Gate and uh, Hunter Gate. All these things and twist it around yeah. and blame the opposition, the people that uh, the people who were guilty was did the blaming, and the media carried it, carried the whole thing. That's what they do with this too. It's, it's uh, it, we don't have much journalism where uh, we know. Well, I think we know the ones here, <laughs> the, the journalists that will you know provide the information yeah. that's less than canned information that's coming out of the New York Times.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, what's amazing about this revision of their numbers? They removed almost 25%, almost one in four of the child deaths of COVID, just wiped it off the books, didn't exist. You think, okay, maybe it was a coding error. You know what? I think you could easily say that this artificial inflation of child death numbers was used, we know it was used, to force people to get their kids shots. Because when we all looked at statistics and said, children aren't getting this, thank God, they're not dying from this, this is great news. The CDC was saying, no it's that's not true look at all these numbers look at these numbers and even though they were small now we know they were even far smaller than that and now we're looking at problems with myocarditis all kinds of things happening in young people that never happened before
0: you 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 wonder what the motivation is and if you're looking for the motivation It's difficult because there's probably several motivations. Some people want to just save their job, and uh, some people are misled, and they don't have a science background, but some lie to themselves, and sometimes it's a benefit financially to a medical industry or the hospitals and the doctors and all, and they don't want to take it on, and the emotions are too too tough on people that they that they won't resist. So there's a lot of reason why they're willing willing to do this, and uh, but I think really the one that is most detestable is the way the corporations. And in this case, it's not the military industrial complex; it's the medical industrial complex and the pharmaceuticals. And, uh, you know, all the protection that pharmaceuticals has with the government, You, you know, all this stuff they get, legal protection, and they get all that money up front, they become Multi-billionaire companies, and uh, they, they just uh, keep marching on. And I understand that the pharmaceuticals are still operating quite well in Russia. Yeah. All those all those, uh, all those re- sanctions, but the the the, uh, the pharmaceuticals are got protected. Yeah. But it's the pressure of the government and the way the social media works. The social media. Along with the pharmaceuticals, and then the businessman rolls over, and and you know the businessman isn't too excited about it, but he's not very excited about standing on his two feet, yeah. he, you know. So he he goes along with it uh, because of the pressure that's put on with him, and there is a lot of pain and suffering for the people who don't capitulate. But uh, hopefully. You know, the, it's a shame to think, well, maybe they'll wake up when they see the consequence of this as a, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the people realize it's a bunch of lies and, and truth will break out. But right now, there's, there's still a lot of pressure. Put on individuals to do exactly what the government tells them to do, and all because the government is protecting freedom of speech. It's, yeah. it's just these private companies that are restraining your, uh, straining your, your freedoms. Yeah, you know, and uh, people roll over and believe that stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got a little bonus round as my closing. If you could put on that last clip, There's someone we haven't heard of for a while. I wonder where he's been. Fauci. Fauci warns Americans could face more lockdowns amid spread of new COVID-19 variant. You know, it's like one of those aging rock bands of the 70s who tries to make another tour 30 years later. It's like, I don't know if we really want to see this uh, coming back. I don't think he's going to have the influence in trying to start up the old band again. Uh, I don't know what you think. Right. (laughs) I don't know
0: about that. (laughs) You know, I I want to close up with just another... uh, Item that has floated around a long time about the Iraq War and what was going on after 9/11, and uh, this again gets into politics, but it's uh, it's it's been um, it's been avoided because it's uh, uncomfortable for some people who make a lot of money in the oil industry. So we know that 19 people participated in 9/11, and 15 of them, where did he come from? In Saudi Arabia. Oh Well, we better check up on these guys. I remember I was in Washington for a couple days after 9-11 and uh, The story was going around on the hill about so-and-so who had several planes (coughs) and individuals uh, Even with the name of bin Laden (coughs) were filling these planes and they were flying back home and they had special treatment and the news item that came out or the message that came out they were never even questioned by the by the FBI and so that uh, that makes you wonder so the uh, the Saudis aren't questioned really at all and now and now they're in the operation uh, you know with uh, with with some pretty rough stuff I mean just just recently we read a story that, well, there's a lot of bad people in Saudis and they have law, strict law and order. So they had the, uh, you know, execution by beheading of 81 people because there were so many bad people all of a sudden. But uh, we, our government, doesn't touch Saudi Arabia. And what do we do? Uh, We haven't objected to Saudi Arabia being involved in a war in Yemen. Just think how long that's been going on. And we're uh, complicit with that, too. So that is the reason why... You you can't say, well, we'll be complicit, we'll go along with it, we'll help here, we'll send a little bit of help to Ukraine, we'll do this and that. Because once you give them an inch, you give them a mile and and you don't know when when to stop and the people don't start, it turns into a political football. It just goes on and on. And they figure, what the heck, we can do it because the money is free and we have as much of it as we want until its value runs out. And that's what's happening.